Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cheers. I'm drinking, as you've already seen, spoiler, but I'm drinking probably for the first time in I don't even know how long. You just wait till I'm back in that house and we're having our... After work drinks has been sober since you <laughs> left and we're about to get <laughs> filthy, rotten and depraved. What is I'm... so funny about like when you think back about our recordings last summer, when we started getting into martinis and we were just like pouring oh huge fucking cups of straight vodka with a bit of olive brine in it and getting so lit at like 4 p.m. on a Thursday. I'd, I'd like stumble home and have a fight with a Mark because I was so drunk like every week. <laughs> he would just be like, God, here we go again. Every... Uh, yeah, there's a section of time where I really don't know what was said on the podcast. And there's so many times where, like, I think we didn't say something on the podcast that I then found out that we did. <laughs> I then find out through <laughs> Loudly sources. and proudly. My friend last night was just like, the trick is never put sh- – I mean, we're so shit with our show notes anyway. But she was like, never put sh- stuff in the show notes because then even if you say something – that you regret saying no one will ever be able to find it again because it will get buried. And they'll be like, when did they say that thing? And you'll have to listen yes. through the whole archive, ladies. We're not telling. I know. And who's who's got that time on their hands? Um, yeah, we used to, 
and just raucous. And like the worst one I ever remember was because people probably know, don't know this feeling, but there's nothing worse than being drunk and having to listen to yourself back talking, talking about subjects in the cold, hard light of day. And I remember there was one where I was in Mallorca, you were in London. It was just before my birthday and I was red hot and ready to go and I literally screamed over you for about 57 minutes and I listened back to it before my birthday dinner and I was so sad the whole night I was like you are a disgusting drunken lunatic I literally hate you that was all I could think in my head I could just hear myself being like yeah it's really hard because you have to be in a good headspace to listen back to yourself like sometimes i'll listen back and be like Mm -hmm. the smartest funniest girls that ever did live and sometimes i'll listen back and be like i hate us we are so annoying morons yeah and it just depends on the frame of mind (laughs) i'm in (laughs) and then sometimes you just have no choice (laughs) well every single week you have no choice i think that about people who like i we don't really ever look at reviews or anything but um i forgot about those if there is a very rare negative review. I'm like, I get it. I just, I can see me encountering us on a, in a certain mood on a certain day and just being like, what? Yeah. yeah. I get it too. What? I sympathize with the, those girls. That poor girl who listened once. I remember it was like one of our bad reviews and she was like, listen to this podcast. Cause so many of my friends told me to, and they were just talking about how they like love Jordan Peterson because one of the host dads likes him or something. It was just so funny. It was it had been me like defending Jordan Peterson in this like unhinged way <laughs> and she just caught us on a bad afternoon. <laughs> and I was like, babe, I get it. Oh I my agree. god, did you? My I saw I my agree. little brother in New Zealand, one of the many one of the many brothers I have. And <laughs> um he yeah, is full, full conspiracy. So it, what's funny about it is my two little brothers don't know each other even though they're half brothers so we all have the same dad there's like thousands of us we could form a fucking rugby team and (laughs) he's spreading his that's what my grandma said my grandma kept going he's spreading his seed and then forgetting she'd said it and saying it again i was like i i need to be institutionalized and then she kept because I kept I was like talking about my brothers and sisters and then she would forget that that had happened but somewhere in the back of her brain would would know and would like keep bringing it up and then keep saying that and I was like this makes me feel so 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 sick but um they are both this is a thing they're both so one's 26 one's 24 and they're both super conspiracy theorist vibes Men are in crisis, man. Men are in masculinities in crisis. Femininity is is like blossoming and exploding and do, doing so well. And we need a the same girl. It's like I'll oh, give this podcast a listen again, <laughs> as Jordan Peterson always says. As as my mentor, Jordan Peterson always says. But like, no, men are literally in crisis. That's why they're looking to people like Jordan Peterson because they literally have no idea what to do. And women are rightly or maybe wrongly not giving them any guidance because we've had enough. But they're just floundering, <laughs> yeah. and all they have is Reddit. What was happening was I was just feeling so stupid, and I was like, God, Isabel, why don't you do? Why don't you look a bit deeper into things so that you can actually have a back and forth conversation about 
at least you fucking know about Jordan Peterson. I was like, I know this is a bad man, but I can't tell you why. Just surface deep. And then like was literally Googling as he was talking. Because I know I know about him, but I wanted to have points to say back. And then my brother, this brother is so deep that he could fucking be in politics. Like he he knows there's one that's just read the surface notes like me. And he's just like anti-vax and stuff and then this one is very deep in the in in the universe of kind of knowing everything Mm -hmm. where i was just like god i don't even know what to say back to you and he was saying stuff about how the government controls the clouds and how climate change isn't real and how the earth is like always warmed and cooled over the years and all of these different things and i was like well (laughs) you're younger than me i'm older i'm right you're wrong i'm big you're small I'm the eldest girl. Yes. The cloud thing is actually really interesting because, like, there's this song by Kate Bush (laughs) that is one of my favorite songs. It's called Cloud Busting. And I was reading about the inspo and there was this guy um, in, I don't even know, 1940s, let's say. And he was trying to invent a machine that could, like, like, control the energy of cloud formations because he believed it had an impact on the way human beings behave and he believed that like the the world war ii like the chaos was seasonal depression the chaotic energy was yeah like something to do it with will cloud be behavior. fucking seasonal depression they all live in europe the fbi arrested him and like burnt all of his um his work and like threw him in jail and like there's so many conspiracy theories about him because they're like what did he know that the government needed to my brother it? also named jordan yeah we'll know about this we should get him on the pod i get him on the pod i want to hear i want to hear and then he was talking about how he's gone vegan platform jordan <laughs> platform the jordans my um and then he was saying he's gone vegan but and I was like, why? And he was just like, oh, I don't want the trauma from the animals from their lives in my body. And I was like, I love that. I agree. I love that too. I have actually been thinking about being vegetarian again. It just goes in waves. You know, I've had 10 years off and might be ready to hop on again. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. What I was going to say. <laughs> I tried turkey yesterday. It made me feel so sick and I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was just trying to... Turkey's no, not okay. No, but everyone in America eats it like it's normal. Everyone eats it like yeah. it's chicken. And at Air One, they have this turkey wrap, which I want. I wanted if it was chicken. And then my friend had been like, it's like chicken, it's like chicken. And then I bought it and it was obviously 15 US dollars. So then I was just like, you have to eat this now. You must eat it. And I felt so sad. Even this... Like... What even is a turkey? Just a bigger bird, but a I large don't like bird. Okay, must get into it. First things first. Saw yeah. the Little Mermaid. Loved it. Oh my god, I'm so jealous. I cannot wait Loved to see it. Every second of it. Was in the cinema smiling from ear to ear. And then when I got out, so I went with a group of girls. And then when I got out, I was like, wait, I need to know if the others liked this or if I'm just embarrassing, but the consensus was was we all loved it. And what's his face? Fucking Hottie McHot. Hottie McHot. Um, what's his name? And no. Ariel's dead. Javier. Yes. Yes. What's his name? Mr. Penelope Cruz. Javier Bardem. Yeah, fuck, he's hot. 
Is, is he hot as a man? Is mermaid? that Penelope Cruz's husband? Yeah. They're like the sexiest couple literally in the history of the I world. I didn't know that. And they met when they were really young, like in the 90s and really hot and in some sort of Spanish movie together. That is so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Um, Halle Bailey is amazing as Ariel. Melissa McCarthy is Ursula. Love. How does she go with the singing? She doesn't strike me as like quite camp enough. She was being. I can, she was being I can see camp. Her getting yeah, there. she was good. Aquafina was the Love. bird. Scuttle. She was great. <laughs> Simone Ashley, a little Bridgerton reference, was one of the mermaids. Oh, speaking my language, she was yeah. a mermaid. We can go see it again in London. My only problem was that they made the cute little fish friend so random looking. Flounder. Yeah. You know how he was so cute in the animated one? Yeah, I can't really remember. Who was your favorite Disney? What was your favorite Disney princess slash movie? Um, really loved the Disney movies as we all did. I loved, I loved Princess Jasmine the most because I thought she was the prettiest. Yeah. But I also loved the Lion, like Lion King, was my favorite, and I loved Little Mermaid too. There's <laughs> a man outside the window. <laughs> Is he meant Maybe to be he's there? Gardening. Mm. Um, fuck it. Let's just keep what going. Um, <laughs> I was trying to remember, but I basically always felt I always hated Snow White because. I was always put in her camp mm. because I had really dark hair and pale skin. So I was kind of always... She had such a bad sucked. haircut. Like a, a bad I know. I was like, I don't want to be Snow White. <laughs> and then I loved Pocahontas and I loved Mulan. I think because I was a bit tomboyish, Mulan. Mulan was like my fave movie. And then I think my fave... I think, yeah, I was obsessed with Pocahontas. And I used to wish that people would think I was Belle from Beauty and the Beast instead of Snow White. <laughs> so I was like, my name is Belle. Yeah. You look more like Belle than Snow White. No, what? Snow White just looks so annoying. Like, I don't like her collar. Don't like her hair. Uh-huh. Can't even remember what she did. I loved uh, Sleeping Beauty as well. I loved that bit where all the little... the little fairies were fighting and turning everything blue and then pink and then blue and then pink. Yeah. I don't remember loving Sleeping Beauty. I, I remember liking Cinderella. Those movies are so crazy because they're literally from like the 1950s and we all just grew up watching them. I know. I was thinking that in the cinema. I was like, we need more brilliant stories like this. This little mermaid. So it was good. Like it was a worthy because a lot of them haven't been that great. The live action ones i thought it was really good exciting i have a unpleasant story to tell you to counter your fun trip to the movies which is that i yesterday had to go so i found like a lump in my right boob oh my god <laughs> and we don't have any history of breast cancer in the family or anything so i wasn't really worried about it but zach is quite on the ball with medical stuff so i like went to the doctor and went to get a scan and I went yesterday and I can't remember what it's called, what I have. It's like for fibrodermage or something. It's like a little, a little <laughs> rock hard like ball in my boob. 
It's it's super random. But I had to have a biopsy, which they hadn't warned me for. And it was so harrowing and awful. What does that mean? I didn't know what it meant either. But basically, they just have to extract some tissue out of you. So the lady did like an x-ray and she's like, okay, I can see what it is. We need to do a biopsy on you. Um, I'm just going to inject you with local anesthetic. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> now. Yeah, what? <laughs> What's happening? And she injected it. And then basically they go in with like a knife. They slice in and go in and they have to get shit out. It's really, it was like really yesterday. horrible. And my whole boob yesterday at 9.30 in the morning and I was in my little leggings <laughs> and there was people outside and I was just so traumatized afterwards. But the reason I bring it up is because the nurses or the radiologist assistant just stood next to me and she got a piece of gauze on her hand and she was just rubbing my arm like in a really nice way for the whole time and she just kept saying you're doing so good you're doing so well and I just thought I love women so much that's very sweet and it's also a reminder for us all to to get your get our boobs checked seriously um yeah a very close friend of mine's mum just got diagnosed with breast cancer and yeah and it was such a reminder to me because I was like, how did she find out? And then she was just like, just a routine. What's it called? Mammogram. Yes, mammogram. I feel like I haven't had mine checked and I want, we all need to go and get our boobs checked. But my, when I touch my well, boobs, yeah. it feels like there's like boobs just don't. F- I mean, I guess they do when you go straight on, they don't feel lumpy, but like on the side, it feels like there's just tissue and stuff in there. Right. I don't know how you know what a lump is. Yeah, there's stuff in there. And I have really small boobs, which is why I think I noticed. Um, Mine feels like it has a it was like quite a big difference. Big lump in it, but I think it's just tissue. So confusing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's very important. But it just makes like such a difference when you have female doctors. I don't yeah. know what to say. They just get it. They're natural caretakers. Yeah. And we need to remember um, that we know how we're feeling better than anyone else. So if people t- try and tell you mm-hmm. that it's not a thing and you're okay and to go home. Someone else was telling me there's been so many scary stories recently of like illnesses and stuff. Like my friend got really, really, really sick when she got back from Bali and got like an autoimmune disease and is now on, and her thyroid stopped working, which I didn't even know about. Your thyroid, it's here. Did you know that? It's in your neck. Did you think it was in your yeah, thigh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why did I think that so, for so long It's in as your well? neck. It's in your throat. Yeah, I said yeah. that to my friend yeah. and she was like, I knew it was somewhere, but not in your neck. And I was like, yeah, obviously same. I knew it was somewhere. Because <laughs> that's why people started, that was like a bit of a trend a while ago when celebrities would drop weight suddenly they'd always say they would had a thyroid condition because it affects being able to eat oh but your friends obviously genuinely terribly got it if your thyroid stops working it's very serious like very very serious Mm. we have to look after our thyroids um we have to look after ourselves we're just getting older i'm just like things just happen now it's crazy i hate it (laughs) i have to care for this body this 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 poor beleaguered body. My back hurts <laughs> if I don't like step up, stand up every today. I was like, my back just regularly kind of hurts now. 
and that's just it for yeah, me. So, so someone was telling back. me about they were saying they go to this because my friend in Sydney who had the, who got this autoimmune disease she started seeing this guy there who she calls the wizard who sounds like fucking incredible <laughs> and basically he's like a mixture of kind of like a chiropractor does acupuncture stuff just like touches your body in different places and can tell what's going on with you and what's wrong with you so like he'll touch your shoulder and kind of like press it down mm-hmm. and then the tension in your head you know like that kind of vibe like he'll touch your feet to to help your back kind of thing mm. but then she said that the, the way he when he examines your body the stuff he can tell about what you're going through in your mind is so wild and it's just it's like the body keeps the score but in real life so he'll kind of he literally will like touch her shoulder and just be like you're holding on to stress about something that happened in your childhood like around this age what what happened around this age and she actually she said her mum it was when her mum got diagnosed with cancer and didn't tell her and things like that um wow where well, is this well he's in wizard? sydney and i was trying to get into him when i was there for the week i kept calling his office every morning but he was booked up mm. but my friend also sees someone similar in la i think there's just people around who do that kind of work and i and i think that this this guy, I think, is called a chiropractor in L.A. predominantly. But she said he does the same shit. And I because I never go and see those kinds of people because I'm like, I thought you, don't, you didn't go see them until you had, yeah, like an aching lower back. And then you'd go for them to heal that. And my friend was like, no, you can just go and get like a full body scan. And they'll she said that he will know that her, her liver is being overworked currently or, and stuff like that. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, I think I I think what's sad about that stuff is that it's just I'm assuming because I just know from similar stuff that I've tried to do here, it's often like so prohibitive prohibitive prohibitively <laughs> expensive. And I think it's so sad that there are these people now that have like a way more holistic view about health and wellness and like pre- a preventative approach to your body, but you have to have like the access and the means to do it regularly. Well, exactly. It's like she was just like, you can just go and get a full body scan. And I was like, how much is that? I didn't even ask, but it's probably what, like 200 yeah. and something US dollars to just. Yeah. And he'll be like, come once a week. And it's like, yeah. if you go once a week, you probably do feel fucking amazing. Or like when I went to the naturopath, everything she said, I cried in the naturopath's office because everything she said about me was so insanely spot on. And then she gave me these herbs and tonics and things. And she was like, you need to come back here once a fortnight for the first six months and then once a blah, 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 and take all these herbs and take all this stuff. But I remember it cost like $700 and I would have had to have spent mm. that. And I so desperately yeah. <laughs> would love to. And it sucks because it's also the healthcare system's overloaded. We don't have a preventative approach to health. My Yeah, even with my therapist, I've started seeing a new therapist in, in LA and she's incredible. And she was saying last week, she, at the end of the session, she like checked in and was just like, is this, you know, how do you feel? Is this okay? And then she was just like, you know, let me know if you want to do two times a week instead of once a week, because opening yourself up and becoming really vulnerable and then having to shut yourself down for another week. And then a week later, open Mm. yourself up again. She was like, it is exhausting. And I actually felt super exhausted after last week's session like I felt really vulnerable for like three or four days and so I was just and so I was speaking to my boyfriend being like she did suggest this but I was like I literally can't afford it and then yesterday we were chatting and she was like Mm -hmm. you know did you want to do that and I was just like yes but I can't afford it 
and that would help my mm. mental health so much and would and also just yeah it's it's so unfair yeah it sucks so yeah <laughs> <laughs> As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Speaking of someone who can afford it, Beyonce. Yes. So someone called us out on, on Instagram and I responded saying, I agree. They said, I cannot believe you haven't talked about Beyonce's tour. We've given Taylor Swift and her bloody era's tours far too much airtime. Renaissance hasn't had any at all. Um, so Beyonce's tour kicked off mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. It is now very right rightfully so all over my tiktok um i don't know where where to begin should we begin with her outfits yes very good outfits the thing with beyonce is always been iconic hasn't been as much of a fashion girly like has always had great costumes and great looks but hasn't been super tapped into what's trendy at that moment in the same way as say Ariana has. And I remember seeing the Loewe hands look and I was like, damn, she's pushing the boat out for this yes, tour. The Loewe hands look is fucking sick. So it's a, it's a full body so suit, um, like shimmering gold. And then it has the hands across her whole body. And I love the, <laughs> I love that. I don't love it as a look, but I love that she is dressed as a bee. It's just yeah. so <laughs> on the nose. I can feel so Shiona Cherini has styled it and I think Julia Sargemois has like assisted or helped. Who's um, that chick from and I can just British feel Vogue. she also put something oh, Yeah, okay. that's her, I yeah. think. Crazy. Yeah. I think it's her. Crazy. I can feel spiritually from the images that have been shared that the bee was not their idea. <laughs> And that Beyonce insisted on it, and they yes. said fine. That is the thing we should put <laughs> on the, the record with people who style celebrities. 
is these celebrities, unfortunately, have minds of their goddamn own. Sometimes they will listen to you and they will look so sick and like the best they've ever looked. And other times they will have an idea and they, they will go for it. And you will feel very sad because people will think it's you. And yeah, they have pea brains yes. of their own and they have, they have yes men around them. And Beyonce would have been like, B, I'm going to be a nuclear B. B to, because B. my fans are called the beehive. And everyone would be like, we get it. We get it. And the stylist would have bought all the looks and should have gone through them and been like, great. And she'd be like, where's the B? We've talked about this. What do I have to do around here to get the Fine. B suit? Off-White by Ib Kamara was the red. Mm-hmm. Very good as well. Just excellent start to finish. Yeah, she's – yeah, it's funny because when you see someone like Ta- – I don't know. It's funny with Beyonce because she feels so like – what is it? It's It's funny seeing her perform in a similar way even though she is a pop star – to, t- to someone like Taylor Swift because I see her as being so grown and so above us mm-hmm. all. To even see her like dancing on stage in a shimmering outfit is yeah is great. But I don't know. It's like weird to see her. It's kind of like Rihanna. It feels weird to see them like putting in effort for stuff because I'm just like, you don't need to do that. You don't yeah, need to yeah. do anything <laughs> anymore. But I love it. I think as well we talked about the Taylor Swift more because it was surprising that it took over our feeds in that way. You know what I mean? Because it was it's really these are the first huge stadium tours since TikTok started and Taylor Swift's happened to happen like a month or so before. But it's like it makes sense that there's this whole new way of experiencing these tours now where uh, like they're happening to hundreds of thousands, eventually millions of people, but millions upon millions are also experiencing them from every angle, every night through TikTok. Like, I feel like I've basically seen both concerts in their entirety yeah. at this point. And also with Taylor Swift, I think the reason we were talking about it was because the fan- it was more the fans that I was seeing that were being fucking batshit crazy. Like, I was just seeing people, <laughs> I was seeing thousands and thousands of people who couldn't get tickets to her shows camping outside and singing outside the concert as if it was its own concert i'm seeing mm-hmm. so many people get proposed to during love story i'm seeing just people which i think is so depraved i think maybe i've talked about this on the podcast before because i can't get it out of my brain someone printed out uh, photos of taylor swift's dead grandma <laughs> and passed them around the crowd <laughs> and as she was singing all of these people in the crowd held up photos of her dead grandma grace and she has to pretend that that's like her control to be like, ah. <laughs> oh. And then people at Beyonce's are holding up signs for how many concerts of hers they've been to. And someone held up a sign and said 24. How rich is that person? Beyonce has less of a poker face, which yes. I like. Like, did you see that footage of the person singing next to her, like screeching at the top of his lungs? And she just looked at him like, yeah. shut up. Yeah. Beyonce's like, I don't want any of this bullshit. Taylor Swift's really good at pretending. <laughs> That she um is one of the girlies. Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy. So Blue Ivy is too big for my liking. She's she's eleven. When and how? I know. I remember working at the bazaar office when Beyonce announced she was I was like on the morning shift or something when Beyonce announced she was pregnant with the twins oh with that God. insane photo shoot she did. 
And they were like, get it up. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Those were the fucking days, a simpler time. I think I was on that shift the morning of the Kylie Jenner video and it literally broke my spirit. Yeah. I think that's what ultimately pushed me out of <laughs> yeah. <the> media. <laughs> um, yeah, so Blue Ivy came out on stage in Paris. The Paris show looked sick. I don't know. It just looked so good. It was like everybody who's anybody so was at that show. And yeah, Blue Ivy comes out, does a dance. She looked very unbothered and a bit stiff, if I'm going to be honest. As in incredible, but I th- like I think she was just focusing yeah, a, a little, little stiff. stiff yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little stiff. But on my TikTok, I realized that at one point in that Paris show, she does her dance and then she turns and, and it looks like she's looking to see where Beyonce is. And then you realize, because she just did it, she just came out on stage in London again, you realize Beyonce forgot a move and left before she fist bumped Blue mm-hmm. Ivy. So Blue Ivy turns around to fist bump her and she's gone. <laughs> And then she just, like, carried on. She, like, barely missed a beat. And then in London, you realize Beyonce forgot. Beyonce forgot. I I really – I was kind of thinking about – because Beyonce is – I hate the phrase, the goat, but, like, she is, like, that (laughs) – she's, like, the greatest performer living at the moment, right, in terms of the meticulousness and attention to detail. And I was thinking about why – there is something so endearing about her getting Blue Ivy out because it has the feeling of Blue Ivy just really wanted to do it. So she's put her in there as opposed to the feeling of stage mom trying to force her into something that she doesn't want to yeah. do, if that makes sense. It feels like dancing is her passion and she's got this really natural, amazing rhythm to it, but she's fucking 11 and she's still figuring it out. And they've obviously created choreo and done it in this way for her to be able to get to do that on stage. And I think it's it's a really nice it doesn't feel like a PR strategy move. It feels like just a nice thing that she's doing in a very authentic, non-rigid, non-typically Beyonce yeah, way. Yeah, it's so cute. Seeing her smile when Blue, I was just watching this one video and Blue was dancing and then she finished dancing and she put her hands up into like a love heart at the crowd of like 70,000 people mm. or something. You'd, it'd be so weird to be a celebrity kid of that magnitude and then to be 11 and for that many people to just not phase you because you'd be so used to it. She has such like natural uh, movement. It's very cool. Yeah. It's very I guess impressive. it's quite insane that that's her appearance. I know Jay-Z is a bit embarrassing, but it, it was a time. It was a time. He was really cute when he was che- – I saw a video of him cheering. This is what's a very weird thing about these concerts is you've seen – someone has captured some moment like you've seen the moment jay-z cheers at blue ivy when she comes out on stage and you've seen the moment that blue ivy turned to fist but like you know we just know too much we have too much i know i saw bradley cooper singing along to lover and i was like i don't need to see this i yeah i could do without it (laughs) but yeah i'm yeah i need to get tickets for the la one so Taylor Swift's doing America and Beyonce's doing Europe and they'll probably switch. Is that... I don't know. Right? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, Beyonce's here, I think, mid- end of August. She's doing LA and I need to go. She's in London playing this weekend <laughs> and I have friends going. Very, very sad. 
Yeah. Um, on to a T-Swift segue. <laughs> Maddie Healy is just like the name and face that won't leave, won't leave me be, won't let me be have peace. Yeah, so I was already put, I already put on the dock a bunch of stuff about him because Taylor Swift did the Karma remix with Ice Spice, which then prompted everyone to bring up again, or just, I I hadn't heard any of this stuff, but that Matt Healy had gone on that Adam Freed, what is it? Friedland podcast. And mm. they were like talking shit about Ice Spice and being racist and talking about her like body and just being foul and I think fans of Taylor Swift kind of already knew that had happened. And I didn't realize people had already started a petition to um, get her to dump him. And then Taylor Swift, do you think Taylor Swift, do you think Taylor Swift genuinely collaborated on Karma with Ice Spice because of this? Because I'm just like, that put everything back no. into the public conscious. I'm just like, if you hadn't done that, I think people would have maybe forgotten that happened. I think these things happen so far in advance. Like if she's on tour and they've shot a music video together, I think that all must have happened months and months ago. So I don't think so. I think it's just awkward timing. But she seems very she seems very like unbothered by the whole thing, which I, I find kind of interesting. Like she's going to no kind of length to distance herself from Maddie Healy or like they were photographed kissing the other day. You know what I mean? I think she's just and we know she's hyper aware of what people are saying about her and TikTok rhetoric and and what people think. So it's kind of interesting. This whole thing's interesting from that angle. She's kind of quite consciously putting the relationship in people's faces. Yeah, I agree. It's it's just I mean, it's just a really weird person for her to come out as publicly I don't know, because it just the time frame of it feels so random unless her and Joe Alwyn broke up ages ago and we didn't know. That can be that's kind of the only way any of this makes sense. But then I'm still like, it was obviously still messy enough for everyone to unfollow him like two months ago. And it's like if you'd already moved on with this guy. The whole thing just feels really random to like rush it forward when he is such a such a kind of divisive figure. So then over the weekend, Gia Tolentino did a piece for New York Magazine called Who is Matt Healy? And I was like, oh, okay, she must have done this in the past couple of weeks. And then you see that she's been doing this profile since January. <laughs> and it's like, why? Like, what is... Th- I remember we talked about this guy months and months ago before he had any connection with Taylor Swift. And I remember going in and cutting it from the final episode because we were kind of just like well who's this guy would you boost like I was just like why are we even talking about him we just like didn't really say anything and it was just so random that we'd both been made aware of him at the same time and he just keeps rearing his little head again and again where we find ourselves having to circle back to him because yeah Gia Tolentino is writing profiles on him and I just don't really understand it except for the fact that I think there's something about him and his energy and the way that he speaks that's a bit of a like a raw shark test for how people on the internet feel about quote unquote problematic people 
you know what I mean? Like with the Taylor Swift fandom, there are people who are literally saying, I don't remember what the hashtag is, but there's like a, ha- a trending hashtag saying that Taylor Swift has to speak out about it and has to publicly distance herself from him and has to, the signing the petition that he has to break up with him and finding it like, there's even girls showing up to shows with signs saying, I bought tickets to this show before I found out that Taylor Swift was dating Maddie Healy and I would like to distance myself from his, you know, like there's the kind of quote unquote chronically online people that think that there's no way to exist liking Taylor Swift and her being connected with him. And then there's the people who say that that's parasocial and insane and um, they don't, um, who think that that's parasocial and insane and like Swifties have gone nuts and it's up to her, whatever she wants to do is just a weird, it's like dividing people. I think their reaction to this is dividing people on the internet and how they feel about people that say, controversial shit basically <laughs> the boy from in the cupboard under the stairs it's in a me. pitch black room and you're the closer you come to the I'm screen not in a room grace <laughs> cupboard. i'm in a cupboard okay so girls i just had to move because for some un like no one fucking reason this is so america every single house and like apartment has a gardener that comes once a week so at my apartment every single week there's gardeners that come and like prune and tidy everything up and they're here now and there's like chainsaws going and fucking lawn mowers and like 400 men outside the window so now coming to you live from the cupboard all i can see is your teeth (laughs) 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 This is oh such a God. cursed morning for you, talking about Maddie Healy in a pitch black cupboard. I know. There's <laughs> no other way to talk about that, man. I think, I think, I mean, I understand where her fans are coming from when they say that they hate that she, where they say they can't handle that she dates someone like that. I do get it. It's 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 kind of says a lot about... <laughs> who you are, who you choose to date. And he's someone who, if not outwardly said racist stuff about Ice Spice, he laughed along to people doing so. He also, in his song um, about, what was he saying about Kanye? He said something about Kanye in a song and literally did the Nazi salute. It's like that sort of stuff you can, you can brush off for not being like, I don't know, a big deal, but it but it is. <laughs> it's literally he goes, Thank you, Kanye, very cool, and did like a Nazi salute on stage. And it's like that sort of stuff, that sort of kind of stuff where you're laughing along to someone saying kind of racist stuff and like it is it is just like at the end of the day, quite da- quite I don't want to be like dangerous rhetoric or whatever, but it's it's just it's not cool. You can't like just say it's not that. Yeah, at the same I time. think so. That Kanye thing, I saw an interview of him talking about that, and it's. I think I'm a bit hindered in this conversation because I have so little context on him. Like, I don't. I'm not across the 1975. I'm not across his public persona. Everything that I'm learning, I'm learning in drips and drabs now, and I'm trying to like get across it. For example, that. Thank you, Kanye. Very cool yeah. thing. That's a Donald Trump tweet 
that he he has this 1975 song where he reads out different Donald Trump tweets, but he still did the Nazi salute thing and he was trying to be like ironic or whatever. Um, I still, the Ice Spice thing is just fucked, like with full context is fucked. I think what reading the Gia Tolentino profile, he talks about, he's engaging with this like ironic post-woke New York scene so Adam Freeland hosted this podcast called Come Town and this kind of sister podca- podcast that Red Scare were very post-Trump kind of uh, supposedly ironic, intentionally inflammatory, controversial podcasts that were meant to make fun of how woke the left had gotten. And it was cool, hot people that lived in Dime Square in New York and the idea was to be intentionally provocative. And when you're being provocative, you're doing it in this ironic way. So you don't actually mean to be racist or homophobic or whatever. Um, and I think the fact that he clearly engages with that and thinks it's very cool and thinks that by listening to that and being across that stuff, he gets something that the dumb snowflakes on the internet don't get. That I just find that just highly embarrassing (laughs) from like a 35 year old man (laughs) yeah me too and I think yeah I think with what you're saying with the ice by stuff like you're 100% right like him getting on there and giggling along to that podcast and then his justification being oh people just don't get it people just don't get it I get it in this way that other people don't is just quite a basic opinion in this day and age (laughs) Yeah, I think he's kind of, he's like one of those people that it feels to me like he kind of just came across this stuff. Well, it it all kind of started when, do you know that it all started, like his kind of post-woke alt-right stuff started when in 2020 he was condemning Black Lives Matter and the murder of George Floyd on Twitter and he like earnestly... And then he put a link to a 1975 song, which is all about police brutality, mm-hmm. the lyrics are. But people took that as him doing self-promotion during Black Lives Matter and mm. during murder. And they, like, completely came for him. And so he got cancelled on Twitter for that. He deactivated his Twitter account. And then when he came back, he'd kind of just lent... It's it's what we're talking about yeah. with all these young men in terms of, like, them going to Jordan Peterson and stuff. It's, like, them getting cancelled for doing something and being earnest and whatever, and then they come back and they're, like, well, fuck everyone and fuck this and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I just... I So it, it comes across as someone who literally went through that in 2020. That's how his behaviour seems. Like, getting I'm a man tattooed on stage and, like, I don't know. Just... I don't know. I'm just, like, this is really yes. embarrassing. And it's the intersection of that with Taylor Swift is fucking insane. I think that's the thing that's... Like, for us, we've seen yes. this thing going yes. on in a semi-niche way on Twitter for years. And then to see that intersect with a brand as massive as Taylor Swift's is, like, so bizarre to see. And it's so, like... It's so crazy to see this explosion of all her very earnest, very sincere fans trying to make sense of someone like him who makes no sense unless you're aware of that context. And even then, it's just still a bit like Jado. But I think she's just got it bad for him, I think. 
I th- there's no other explanation <laughs> as to why she's associating with him. She's she is dickstruck. It's so weird to me that he would want to go out with her as well. I think she is like she's obviously very captivating and very beautiful and very thing. And I think a lot of what he's doing is a persona. It's he's trying to look cool and edgy because his band is a bit basic and embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think he's, he's just trying to be provocative and he's trying to be provocative because he thinks being provocative is cool. Not because he even believes in any of the stuff he's saying. And then, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. So, so someone like Taylor Swift being interested in him. But it's funny because it just gives away that it's all an act, that he's now yeah. dating her. It makes you wonder how the hell he ever got FKA well. Twigs. Like, that just, that is, like, another layer of complete confusion <laughs> to this whole thing. I think him. with him, we all look at him and we all, we're like, way. we get it. Like, this is just the guy you rebound. Like, I saw someone say this somewhere. He is the guy you rebound from your six-year serious nearly marriage relationship with so hard. That's just, he's got that written all over him. And that's yep. the problem. <laughs> but Swifty will write it out. Like, the, the, she, yeah. they're, they're kind of calculated risks, I think. And I think she is across this stuff and she's kind of knows it's probably not going to sink her but it is going to like disappoint fans but this has always been the thing with her this has always been the thing I've said with her she's everything that she engages with and ironically I found on TikTok a snippet from an interview Maddie Healy did like five years ago saying the exact same thing I've been saying which she says look I love Taylor Swift she's a friend of mine I love her but she exemplifies this very specific type of like cynical entertainment wokeism of tapping into political topics when they're so sanitized and so non-risky to talk about and when everyone agrees and everyone's already on your side and you get all of the cheers and rounds of applause for being great and speaking out when there was literally no risk to your career or reputation that's always been her thing so it's like her going out with him doesn't even really people can't bring up things that she said as it directly contradicting them because she doesn't say much like she did a gay anthem two years ago (laughs) like she's so behind the curve on things that people are disappointed in her but Mm. it's in this kind of vague way because she doesn't have receipts of shit that she's actually spoken out about and taken a stand about for people to say this guy contradicts everything you've said before we also need to just discuss some funny parts in this Geo piece. So firstly, it was so crazy that she went to the to the 1975 show that he just randomly, without her knowing, brought Taylor Swift out on stage mm. at in, like, January, or maybe it was later than that. And he said, which started making the rounds when everyone thought they were dating, he said that he wasn't going to kiss anyone. So he kisses fans in the crowd on stage, like, every night. I was like, that firstly is feral. fucking feral. <laughs> Azealia Banks <laughs> so also good. just going off top topic. Azealia Banks put on her Instagram stories, Taylor Swift, that man is going to give you scabies. <laughs> and I've never seen anything so true in my life. Scabies, that's literally it. It's not even like an STI. It's scabies is what that man has. Someone in the comments was like, the fact that Azealia Banks hates every single celebrity but loves Taylor Swift needs to be studied. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> yes. She was like, Taylor Swift, you can do better her. than this. So um, funny. 
But yeah, um, so in this Gia piece, I mean, firstly, I love, love, love that in this piece, Charlie XCX gets yes. a shout out. Because she's dating the drummer. This is the only reason I know who the 1975 is. The music is so random. I'm like, I don't get it. It's like the most poppy, boppy, like da da da. I'm like, the music is so at odds with how he looks and dresses. I just don't understand it as a phenomenon. Yeah. So the reason I literally know this band's name, I've never listened to their music, although I probably have heard songs. I just I couldn't couldn't tell you, is because she's been going out with his drummer mm. for a few years with the drama so now she's like what hanging out with taylor swift she must just be like what is happening um and the drama sounds so much cooler than matt healy i bet they're like god god just stop yeah yes (laughs) he has which i actually can relate to that like like smart person at school energy where you're just you're just you, you just think every single thought that comes into your head is extremely important and you're the first person that's ever thought it and you're like a complete original thinker and that everyone needs to hear it. Whereas 95, 99% of other people are like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. And then what does she say? So she said that he took her to – see, this is it as well. He took her to Electric so House, bad. which is the Soho House spot in Notting Hill that has like – negative 45 <laughs> vibe and is frequented by like fucking Lottie yeah, Moss. Lululemon moms with their kids who did get a shout out from Gia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's such a random place to take a journalist if you think you're yeah, this edgelord guy. I just have to think about the logistics of him having his membership card on his phone and saying one guest please like Gia like that whole imagining that happening is just so insane to me this is gonna not like 99.9% of the listeners probably don't know about this because this is so niche but for the 1% for the 0.1% that do and for you although you would have forgotten remember that Red Scare the podcast was who first spoke about all that crazy weird shit I don't want to get into with Gia's parents. Yeah, she fucking hates them. She hates them. (laughs) Yeah. And then Gia is now mentioning them in this profile, which doesn't even feel like she needed to say that, though. She didn't even need to bring them up, and she did. They've got big, big time beef. Mad. (laughs) So that was interesting. What else happened in this piece? So his parents, he's a Nepo baby as well, which also makes more sense. He... His parents are, like, working-class hero actors who became very wealthy. His mom was on Coronation Street, and now she's on Loose Women, which is so random. Um, And he was sent to a very posh school, but then got expelled and then went to a public school. This all just feels like such self-mythologizing, even though it might just be true. (laughs) I know. Um... Okay, actually, we should probably jump off now, but we can we can continue on. Yeah, Patreon. <laughs> um, love you, girlies. Hi, girlies. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Let us know your thoughts on MH. This is the last time we're talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bye. Um, okay. Bye. <laughs>
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.